There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. I'm your host, William Liu. Joining me on this very special episode is Canadian National Team Center, Kayla Alexander. Kayla, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, thanks for having me on your podcast. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Thanks for coming on. Um, first off, how are you dealing with this uh, ongoing COVID-19 pandemic? Um, I think okay for the most part. Just trying to stay busy, stay active the best way I can, and just keep a positive outlook for the most part. So, yeah, not too bad. Yourself? I mean, I'm just trying to, you know, I'm trying to make it work, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, this is like the first time I've actually had to like... Uh, put on like business clothes oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I've, I've just been doing zoom calls with just audio oh. yeah um so you know as an athlete like how does this sort of mess up you know your training regimen everything like that like what, what can you do during a lockdown um yeah training has definitely been a little bit more uh challenging i think that's safe to say like you can't actually like play basketball right now um so just to try and like stay busy or stay active and keep my heart rate up I've been doing either the workouts that our strength coach sends us um I got lucky my dad has some really old school equipment in our basement so I've been able to use that and I just put it in the garage um for some like fresh air and then and if I'm not doing that I'm thankful for the Nike app like they have some really good workouts on there that like do like all body weight stuff get you moving get your heart rate up get a good sweat I'm just like oh okay feel like I got a little work in so I've been doing a mixture of that and also trying out yoga again (laughs) so I'll see how that continues to go but yeah I've been just trying to stay uh active the best way I can and then um obviously can't play ball but like can go in the basement and dribble a little bit so yeah I'm trying to make most of it okay that's that's, that doesn't sound that bad to me honestly yeah um so you mentioned you know you were in Poland and and you were trying to get back in this situation like what was that experience like going through the airports, just, you know, uh, even having to come back uh, during this time? Yeah. So when I was in Poland, um, I signed to join a team later in the season to just finish, to help them finish their season and then uh, to play in playoffs. So while we were over there and all this, this is like starting to unfold, um, first it was like, okay, they're going to switch up the playoffs, try to make it shorter. Like they're going to switch up how they do it. And then we got the news about like the NBA, how some players tested positive for COVID-19. And then the next thing you know, they canceled the season. Oh, and then wow. other, Yeah. So then we saw the NBA cancel and then we saw other sports leagues uh, take follow suit. And then actually the Poland, Poland league was like, okay, yeah, we're done. We're just going to cancel the season. Um, the team that I was playing with, they were undefeated in Polish league. So they just renamed the unanimous winners. Okay. So that was cool. And then after that, they're like, okay, uh, when do you want to leave? We'll try and pick your ticket. And I guess their um, agency was like overwhelmed with people trying to like book tickets. So they're like, mm-hmm. book your own tickets. We'll reimburse you later. So I was like, okay, just book my own ticket real quick. Got out um, pretty much like two days later. And then after that, going to the airport, um, it was fine for the most part. Obviously, like in the back of your mind, you're like, okay, let me like keep my distance from everybody as mm-hmm. much as possible. I bought like sanitizer wipes and like hand sandy, and I was doing that constantly, like trying to wash my hands a lot. Um, 
And then, yeah, just trying to make the best of the situation. Um, and then just hoping that, uh, I hope I don't have it or didn't catch anything while I was traveling and that I didn't bring anything back home or like, that. I, yeah, just hoping for the best. But yeah, it was interesting. Thankfully, I had like pretty safe travels, smooth travels, no cancellations, which is nice. I'm just thankful to be back home now. Yeah, that, that sounds like a scary process. Um, so onto the news itself. It was announced last weekend that Canada will not be sending athletes to the uh, Olympics and to the Paralympic Games at Tokyo 2020. And it seems like the event itself will be postponed uh, probably until next year. Um, how did you find out and, and what was your reaction to the announcement? Um, I had mixed emotions. So I actually found out someone texted me. Okay. So it's like, someone's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I was like, what are you sorry about? And then they're like, the Olympics. And I was like, oh, great. Um, so it's kind of crummy to hear that way. I kind of wish that all of us as athletes kind of could have had like a heads up first. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that being said, I obviously stand with uh, Canada and the decision that they made. I think it's a priority first for all of our health and safety. Um, so I'm completely with them and I'm glad that they kind of took the stance and like being the forefront of it and like having other nations follow suit. Um Part of me also felt like it was a little hasty because like we don't like they could have I think they could have waited or at least like maybe like a day or two just let your athletes know or like see how it plays out. Um, but I understand it. So um, I, now that that's the decision, um, I think that's taken a lot of pressure off a lot of athletes, too, because it's been hard trying to figure out, OK, how do I keep myself in like top form and try and stay in shape and perform so I can perform at my best when I can't leave the house so or I don't have access to training facilities. So um, it was a mix of emotions, but I think overall it was the best decision. And I just hope that um, now people can just focus on staying healthy, um, doing their part, whether it's social distancing, staying at home, whatever the case may be, so we can move past this, flatten the curve and get back to a life where sports is back. So. Yeah, seriously. Um, what was the what was the sentiment like among um, your team Canada teammates? Like, did the group chat blow up or something when when this came, all came out? Um, I don't want to speak for other people because I want them to be able to share like their thoughts. But I know, um, for me at least, I just felt a way that one, we just need to get a, a heads up, mm-hmm. and then yeah, sure. two, like that the decision. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm all about health and safety first. Like, that's always a priority. Like, no matter what, mm-hmm. you want to be able to be able to feel like you perform at your best mentally if you feel like you're in a safe environment. Um, so that's not the issue, but I just felt like one, like we didn't get a heads up and then two, um, we didn't get, we didn't really have like a choice in the matters. kind of like the decision was made for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but in the big grand scheme of life and things, things, there are other things that are like more important. I get that, but still like as an athlete, this is like for me anyways, this is, was, would have been like my first Olympics and I was super excited about it. And then just to have it be like, nope, uh, we're not going. So originally when I first heard that Canada just took, like, they're just like, we're not going at all. It's like, oh, okay. Mm. It's like a dream just like ripped from you yet again. Um, but then it looks like it's going to be postponed, which I'm thankful for. So, and I think that's the right call. Yeah, for sure. Health first. For sure. For sure. The senior women's national team clinched the spot in the Olympics by going undefeated in Belgium. Uh, what were your hopes and goals heading into to- Tokyo 2020? um to one um get there again so i'm just very thankful um, that we were able to qualify and that we uh played well together as a team and we had fun out there and we like you said we went undefeated mm-hmm. um and then the goal has always been to um get on the podium i think that's one of our major goals 
for Tokyo 2021 now is to hopefully earn a spot on a podium with the medal. Uh, for you personally, though, why is it so important to you to represent uh, Canada? For me, um, there's a lot of reasons. Like one, like being able to say that you represented your country, like that's such an honor. Mm-hmm. And that's like the highest level I think possible that you can like represent and like play at, like on the Olympic stage, you're playing against some of the best people in the world, best nations in the world. And to be able to have Canada on your chest and know that you're not only representing yourself, but your teammates, your coaching staff and the whole nation. I think that's such an incredible honor. So uh, for me, that's something I've been dreaming about for a very long time. And then um, with that dream, I've been wanting to do that for so long. And then just finally being able to finally achieve that or, get to the point where it was a possibility mm-hmm. um yeah i just i think it's just an incredible honor so it's just something that i'll never take for granted and always appreciate so right for sure and, and this is not a trap question but i, I feel like I, I wanted to ask this because do, do you feel some type of way when you see the vast difference in participation between the women's program and the men's program in canada um i mean i have my thoughts but um the as women we can speak for ourselves and like I know for me I think it's an honor to mm-hmm. like I know how hard it is to make the national team because I've been cut from the team before so I know how hard it is to get a spot on this team and to uh earn a spot to be with these talented players with incredible to learn from incredible coaching staff so to me I'll always see it as like an honor and a great opportunity mm-hmm. um but there's I know on the men's side I'm sure there's like many different factors that play into it like they have their NBA seasons, they go along, especially during the playoffs. And then um, I can't speak for them. Yeah, right, I, right. I can't speak for them. But I'm hoping that it'll get to the point where we'll have more guys coming out and representing the country. And I think you should, we should appreciate the guys who do show up every year. Definitely. Like, we can't take away from them. Like They're showing up every year, every summer um, when they have breaks so that they can go out and compete for their country and play hard for Canada because they're clearly passionate about it and they care and they want to help Canada do well. So I think we should... Uh, focus on the guys who do show up not so much on the ones that don't yeah that's a, that's a really great point um you know there's a lot made about this sort of being a golden generation of basketball on the men's side but do you think it can be said the same can be said about the women's side as well uh in canada with kia neo natalie yourself and others um you know in the spotlight right now oh yeah um i think it's undeniable the talent especially with like kia and natalie Naya, like you said like mm-hmm. we have so many talented players and even like young girls who are coming up on the rise like just even seeing like uh Aaliyah, how she was competing with the national team as well playing at the senior level um there are so many girls and i just feel like this is such a great time i guess for women's basketball um also i think we are where we are today because of those who did the groundwork so the mm-hmm. woman that came before us who put in the work who helped to put Canada on the map I think we aren't where we are today without them and without the coaching staff who developed young players and put organizations in position so that they could develop players to be to where we are today so I think it's a, a mixture of different things but I think it's a great time for sure and also especially like you hear about it with the men too like we're getting more and more men's players in the NBA, same with us in the WNBA. So it's exciting times. I'm hoping that this is just the beginning. It keeps building and we get more and more players. Yeah, no, for sure. It, it definitely feels like Canada basketball is on the rise mm-hmm. and has been for quite a while. Yeah. Um, so, so on you, for, for you personally, so you grew up in Milton. Uh, when did you get serious about basketball and, and making it into your career and stuff like that? Um, so I actually 
Okay, my life's a little weird. I grew up in Scarborough until like the fifth grade. Oh, okay. And then okay. my family moved to Barrie, and I was there until grade 10. And in Barrie, that's where I actually started playing basketball. Okay, okay. Um, and then after grade 10, then we moved to Milton, and my family's been here since. Um, but like how I got into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was always pretty tall for my, for my age as a kid. I'm 6'4 now. Um, but in grade six, I was about like 5'8, five, 5'9. Five, and then in grade seven, I had this friend, her name was Nicole Murphy. She came up to me in class one day and she's like, you're tall, you should come to trial with me. And I was like, okay, why not? Yeah, so sure. yeah, I was like, what the heck? Not for trying anything almost once. So we go and I was terrible. Like it was so bad. Um, I'm so thankful like video cameras weren't as popular back then because if there was some footage, I'm sure we'd all be having a good laugh right now. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So I got into it, started playing. It wasn't very good. The coach, Winnie Kovacs and Keith Macy, they were my first coaches and they were honest. They're like, we can't teach height, but we can teach you how to play basketball. So they took a chance on me. They developed me and I realized, oh, I actually enjoy playing this game. I'm not terrible at it once I got developed some skill. Um, and I just haven't stopped playing since. And I'm still in contact with my coaches and I still am really good friends with Nicole to this day. So. That's, really that's pretty cool. much how I got started. Yeah. I'm thankful that I kind of like fell into it like and developed a love for it mm-hmm. versus being forced into it because like by my parents or anybody being like, you're tall, you have to play. Um, I was allowed to discover it for myself. So I'm just thankful for that. Right. Um, you know, in your opinion, like how does the development system here in, in Canada compare to like the States? Are there sort of the same resources or comparable opportunities made available to athletes? I didn't grow up in the States, so I can't really speak on that. I know that mm-hmm. they have, like, um, you can have high school. I'm pretty sure they have a lot of AAU as well, mm-hmm. just like we do here. We have, you can play high school ball. You can play uh, rep ball. Um, I think they have, like, different leagues now. They call it, like, jewel and different things. Okay. And then also growing up, too, I we had different programs, like um, the CP, Centers for, Centers for Performance, through Canada Basketball. There's always camps you could go to. So I feel like they're pretty comparable with respect to like the opportunities. Like if you want to develop your game and learn, there are places that you can go to get that uh, help and to develop. So, and there's more prep schools I've noticed now in Canada too. So I think the opportunities are there if you want to improve your work in your game. Right. Right. And I, I think honestly, that's probably leads to like, you know, the, the explosion of talent that we see right now. Mm-hmm. Like the infrastructure is now here too. Yes. So you don't always have to necessarily go to the States, um, which is nice. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so you go from, um, you know, you go from you know, Canada, you go not very far. You get, you get to Syracuse. Yeah. Uh, so what's the connection between Syracuse and Canadian talent? It feels like, you know, Syracuse has always had kind of that pipeline there, you know, with, with you, you know, you look at Tyler Ennis or, or Shane Chris, Brissett. Yeah, Chris Joseph. Um, yeah. Yeah, a few of us have gone there. Um, I don't know. When I was getting recruited, um, I had a really good relationship with the coaches at the time when okay. I was talking with them. I uh, got a good feel. Ironically, I wanted to go to, um, so it was between Syracuse and Illinois, okay. my final schools, and they're both orange schools for some reason. And when I went to Illinois, I went on the campus and I was ready to commit. And my dad mm. was like, no, you have to go to Syracuse first and see, and then you think about it and then com- you can commit where you want to go. And I went to, went to Syracuse and just had a good feeling and I ended up committing there and I'm thankful for it. I had a good four years. Um, it is kind of close, which I appreciate. It was four hours 
depending on the weather. So like close enough that my parents would come to like the game and then head back home, but far enough that I had my independence, which I was right. thankful for. That's perfect. Um, yeah. yeah. And it was a good school academically as well. They had a really good basketball program and they've been doing well ever since. So it was a nice mixture of uh, athletics, academics. Um, yeah. So I'm thankful for it. Yeah. I mean, you said you had a good four years, you know? Yeah. You, oh yeah, I you're the, you're the all-time it. you're the all-time leading scorer at Syracuse. So. Uh, I'm waiting. Someone will come break that soon. <laughs> I have no doubt about that. Someone okay. can break that. <laughs> well, listen. In the meantime, you know, you, you can't just let that slide. That's that's a pretty oh. big accomplishment. Yeah. Um, well, you don't get there unless you have like great coaches, amazing teammates too. So, like, right. teammates got passed the ball. So. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you got drafted WNBA. You know, uh, you're on your seventh season now, I believe. I uh, played in San Antonio, Indiana, Chicago. You've also played overseas, uh, all different kinds of places. Like, um, you know, just what's, what's some of your favorite memories when playing overseas? And what's the difference like between the games overseas and leagues overseas versus WNBA? Um, let's see. As far as favorites, um, so one of my dream jobs for me, I always want to eventually one day make it like play in France. I don't know why, but since I was a kid, I've been obsessed with like the language, the culture. Okay. Um, so when I finally got to play in France, I like loved it. Mm. On my off days, I would take a train and go to Paris and just walk the streets. Um, whenever we travel to other teams to play, I'd always take that time before we left or in the mornings to just explore that city that we were in. <laughs> um, my teammates were so great. Um, they helped me work on my French. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I loved it. And then also that was my first time playing for a Euro league team. So okay. they played in like French league. So you play like other French teams. And if you play in Euro league, you get to play against other, uh, cu- other teams from other countries. So I love that. Cause it's like more travel. I get to see more parts of the world. Mm-hmm. And another favorite experience for me was playing in Australia. Um, cool. not this winter, last winter. Uh, I loved it. It was the first time. Aside from like being overseas where I could actually communicate with my teammates consistently because okay. we all spoke English. So that was right, awesome. Right. And uh, we ended up going to the finals and playing Kia in the finals and Kia's team won. But it was such a cool experience there too because I got to just see a different part of the world. Mm-hmm. And the natural beauty there is unbelievable. And then the people were so nice too. Um, but as far as like playing overseas, I love it because one – um, you get to travel. You get to experience a different part of the world that you never experienced before. New cultures, new people, different languages, the food. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to travel. So I love that aspect of it. And then overseas, you get to play against other players too. Like there's so, it's amazing how many talented players there are in the world. Like not mm-hmm. just in like the WNBA, but like across the board, like in different countries, there's so many talented players. And then I realized like, oh, they play for this national team. Like, so it's just cool to experience that. Um, and then also it's a longer season, depending on where you go. So you have like more time to play and like develop that relationship with your teammates. And um, yeah, just a really cool experience. I'm just very thankful for it. And then playing overseas also makes you realize um, how good you have it at home at times too, or makes you appreciate different things in life. Mm-hmm. Um, like I know for me, when I was playing overseas, like in Europe, I had it made me appreciate that lifestyle over there. Cause I feel like sometimes they just take time to like, just slow down and just appreciate like what you have. It's not always about like your possessions, materialistic things and like mm-hmm. the go, go, go pace that we have here in North America. They actually like slow down. They're like, okay, we're going to eat for like two hours now. We're just going to talk to each other and like yeah. check in. How's everybody doing? They have an appreciation for like the simple things, I think. So that's like give and take. You appreciate certain things you have at home and certain things that they have over there. And you just try to make the best of it. So yeah, I love it though. 
that's i mean that sounds amazing like i was looking up your wikipedia page and stuff like the amount of places you've been and i'm like oh i, I, I would love to be there or i'd love to be there and stuff um so that's super cool i but you know one question i've always had is like why do so many wma players play overseas in addition to here in north america like for example you, you rarely see nba players doing that um well i can't speak for everybody but i know for me and for others that i do know when mm. it's a way to supplement your income okay. so for the wnba until they signed this new CBA agreement, um, the wages were like a certain a certain amount, mm-hmm. and it was only for like five months. So for a lot of us, you can actually make way more money if you went overseas to play. So like your salary could increase. So that was like a way to supplement supplement your income. Mm-hmm. Um, two, it's another way to work on your game. Um, you can go overseas, play against different players, different styles. Um, it's an opportunity to work on your game, develop your game. I know coming out of college, going to W. I had a lot of learning I needed to do. Like, a, there's a learning curve that I had to get. So mm-hmm. going overseas helped me to, like, get that that game, the speed of the game. Not so much, like, the running up and down, but, like, just the reaction time and, like, reading the game quicker, things like that. Just certain things that I wasn't doing in college. So that was a great opportunity, too, because it helped me to grow and develop my game. And then also, for me, I just enjoy it. Like, I really love going overseas and playing. I love the travel aspect, meeting new people, um, having friends all over the world. So um, I think it's a mixture of all those different things. But I know for a lot of them, it's just to supplement your income because um, you can make more overseas. Right, right. Um, yeah, I was like, I remember reading a couple of years ago, this is the first time I, I thought of this question was like, uh, I remember Diana Tarazi used to play. And I was like, if if we're talking about like one of the goats mm-hmm. all time, you know, is, is yeah. going to play overseas, like there must be a good reason for it. You know, like, oh yeah, she was <laughs> making bank in um, Russia. So so, you know, moving back to you, in addition to being internationally known as, you know, accomplished basketball player, you're also a published author and illustrator with your debut book, The Magic of Basketball. Uh, can you tell me what the book is about and, and who it's for? Oh, uh, yay. I'm glad you know about it. Um, so I wrote it with my sister. I kind of forced her to help me with it because I like being creative and thinking about ideas and writing. But mm-hmm. God, like, gifted her with, like, the ability to, like, put words together and just just the way her brain works. I didn't get that. So I was like, I'm going to use your gift and help, help me please. So like we worked together on it. Cool. Um, and it's basically follows this young girl with her journey at the game of basketball, how she started playing it and all these little gifts that basketball gives her along the way as she continues in the journey of playing. So like one gift might be like the gift of friendship then the gift of hard work, uh, perseverance, um, education, travel, all these different things. Um, and it pretty much is like a, skim of my life and my experience playing the game of basketball and all the gifts it gave me along the way and I wrote it for young kids just to show them like what a blessing and the cool opportunities that you have with playing sports in general not just specifically basketball but sports in general like all the different life skills it can teach you mm-hmm. and cool opportunities can provide you if you play it and not to say that they have to go and like make sure they go play college or play pro even if you play it for fun you're still learning things along the way like as a kid like you're learning about teamwork um uh how to work through uh, trials and hard times, how to work together, um, mm-hmm. how to be confident, just things like that. So um, that's why I wrote it. And also, I I love to draw and I love art. Um, before basketball ever entered the picture, I was like, I called myself an artist. I love to draw and illustrate. So it was like a cool way for me to use all these different gifts and things that I enjoy and like put it together as one thing, which is a children's book. Yeah, that's really cool. Like, what it what, like what inspired you like to 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 you know make this book to illustrate like um have you and and why a children's book in particular 
Um, I really enjoy working with kids. So when I went to Syracuse, my degree was in education. I always knew I wanted to be a teacher. I love working with kids. Um, Just really want to inspire them and try to, with, I've learned like through sports, you have so much, somewhat of a little bit of a platform that you can use too. And I want to use it just to inspire kids and to show them like, if you dream big and believe in yourself and what you can do, like the sky is not the limit. Mm-hmm. So I want to just pour that into other kids. So um, I felt like this book allowed me to do all those things. And because I can't reach every kid like by myself, a book is like a perfect way to like, just share a little bit of my story and try to inspire them, encourage them. Um, since I can't reach everybody and in the book too I also have in the back like these pages for kids to write on one of them mm-hmm. says like to write down all your dreams because I want kids to like dream big because my parents allowed me to do that which I'm thankful for so I encourage them to do that and then there's another page for like goals mm-hmm. so how do you make your dreams a reality you, you write down goals like okay if I want to be uh I don't know let's say I want to be a, a a writer mm-hmm. okay so I'm going to spend like maybe 30 minutes every day, like just writing out like a cool idea or like working my writing skills or reading a book to get like an idea of like how writing should be. Like just want to encourage kids, like dream big and then also put in the work to make those dreams a reality. Yeah. It's, it's, it's always super cool. Like when you're in, in, in growing up and then you look back at some of the stuff that your parents kept and you know, just, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it's just, that's really cool. That is really cool. Um, so where, where can people find the book? So if you're Canadian, you can buy it through my website, kaylaalexander.net um and then whether you're canadian or not or if you're not canadian or if you are you can also go to amazon it's on amazon worldwide so any of those two ways it's available okay that's really cool um i also saw on your instagram that you were in senegal uh, as part of right to play and the seed project uh first off just tell me a little bit about those two organizations and what was that experience like for you okay so it kind of happens uh kind of quickly mm-hmm. so when i was going when we were go- leaving for belgium for the Olympic qualifiers i was asked and i was actually asked before that actually because i was injured at the time and i was okay. still trying to like recover to get back and they're like oh you're a bit you're around so would you like would you be interested and i was like basically all they told me was they're gonna do like a clinic or camp with kids and i was like sold i'll do that mm-hmm. and then they're like and it's gonna be in senegal i was like double sold never been there yeah. before so i was just looking forward to that opportunity just to Four into kids mm-hmm. and then afterwards on the flight to Senegal I was told like the actual breakdown that's when I found out that the prime minister was going to be there and I found out about like right to play and visiting the seed organizations I didn't know all this until like I got on the plane and I was like oh so there's like an agenda to all this which is cool mm-hmm. um so that's pretty much how I found out about it and then when we were over there first we visited the seed project um they have 20 girls and 20 boys um it's, it's uh, equal, which I appreciate. And they just teach them uh, basketball skills and also life skills as well and help them with like their education. And one of the girls that actually spoke was a young girl. I think she was like 17 or 18 years old. And she gave a speech completely in English because they speak French there. And right. it just shows like the development of like through when you have the right uh, tools around you uh, through basketball and um, the life skill training and the education, like what is the result and mm-hmm. you see a young girl who learned english is confident is giving out the speech that she memorized in front of people she doesn't know so just just shows like the power of sports and then um so we went there we did like a little clinic taught them some life skills and basketball drills and then the next day was the right to play where we put on a, another mini clinic and they were also signing this agreement because senegal will be hosting the youth olympic games in okay. 2022 i believe um so 
got to meet some of the members of the national team, just play some three on three. Basically, I had to give this speech in French about like why I think it's important for young girls to get in sports and stay in sports, which mm-hmm. is something I'm a big advocate for. Um, but it was just a really surreal, cool experience. Um, it was awesome in the sense that I love that through sports, it brought all of us together, no matter what language we were speaking, where on the world we were. We all came together with the orange bouncy ball to play. Uh, learn life skills and to empower so it was an incredible experience and i'm just very thankful that i was asked to be a part of it and i met some incredible people while i was there yeah that's that's super cool what was the car like uh it was it was pretty cool so where we were staying was like along the water so that was pretty amazing and then um how do i describe it uh i love like it just it was busy like there's always something going on um, so when I first got there, we we're on the highway and it was weird because you just had like people who were walking, like trying to sell you stuff on the highway. Like, oh, yeah. You're going slow to the traffic. So that was a little different because I hadn't experienced that before. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, I'm just very thankful. I need to go back. It was so short. And then finally, I got to visit Gory Island while I was there too. And that was a very uh, sombering, but uh, incredible experience as well because it was like that had to do with like the slave trade um, and all that. So uh sad when you hear the history but just also just shows you what a resilient how resilient like the people of africa are and how they overcame and yeah so just really incredible experience for sure memorable right for sure and then lastly where were you when the raptors brought the championship home to canada and what are some of your favorite memories from that time okay so when they won it i was actually in belgium with okay. the national team, we were competing like exhibition games uh, mm-hmm. in preparation for qualifying for Tokyo. And then um, obviously, you, no one can forget the shot mm-hmm. like that. It was just crazy. And then my sister and I were lucky. We didn't get to watch any of it live during like the, the last stretch, but we got to go when they were playing the Sixers okay. uh, in Toronto. We got to experience the game and see them play. Unfortunately, they lost when we went, but we still got to go and experience part of the playoff Wait, run. So. Game, game two? I, th- I think. I, all I know is that we went we, It was up in Toronto, and it was close, but they lost. I right, right. Bad. I was like, oh. But they ended up playing the whole thing, so that's okay. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. So, yeah. yeah. Um, Where were you when they won? I, I was covering all the games. So I was at, like, every single game of the playoff run, which uh, oh, nice. I feel super, like, blessed to have been able to do that because I've been, you know, I'm like you know, a journalist, quote unquote, but like, you know, uh, definitely been like a huge fan of the Raptors all my life. So to like actually have been there for all of it was uh, was just incredible. But yeah, like most of it was working. Yeah. When you say all of them, forgive my ignorance, just mm. the Toronto games, did you get to travel to, to like every away game? Oh, I, I got to travel. Yeah. It was. Uh, That's amazing. Yeah. It was my first year doing um like this job covering like uh, the Raptors for Yahoo Sports Canada. So it was like, great. I joined in March and they were like, yeah, you're going to go to the playoffs. I was like, great. And then they're like, you're going to every single game. So yeah, it worked out. That's awesome. Yeah. It's not a bad gig at all. No, no. Yeah. So it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely an amazing time. Honestly, the vibe around the entire summer was just really nice, you know, just like Mm -hmm. kind of like pride and um, yeah, it was just, it was a a good feeling, you know? Um, All right. So I I think that does it for our, our, our interview here. 
Thank you so much to Kayla for joining me on the podcast. Uh, please cheer her on at every single stop, but especially for Team Canada. And uh, go buy her book, The Magic of Basketball. Kayla, uh, please stay safe during this time and uh, best of luck to you in the future. Uh, I appreciate it so much. Thanks for having me. You stay safe as well, too. Stay healthy. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com.